Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. 48 Hours presents We all have mental scarring. We all have suffered and we all have something that we take with us. I still don't know who I am in many ways. I'm lost, and I was lost then. We had to spend that many years up in that hellhole, being abused nearly every day. I've tried to forget it all. It's all very disturbing. I don't even know what the word love is. I can't even feel it. Those who are devoted to me realise this. Those who are not devoted, they don't know me. It was sort of like the most ghastly social experiment that should never have taken place. The leader of this cult was this woman called Anne Hamilton Byrne. I had to start it. That was divine orders. That was my mission. That was the divine vision. Anne had been waiting for me. I was where I should be. And I was what I was. I think every day there were beatings. Some of the beatings were very vicious. I'm quite surprised that people survived them. We'd try and steal food if we could because we were always so hungry. I just put my body to, to shut down and it just had to survive the way it had to without food. And that's what I did. She had me under LSD for days. She'd just come in like every 12 hours or so and give me another piece because I wasn't working hard enough. She wanted us to be the new race of children, these perfect children who would save the world. It's all theatre to her, presentation. Look at my children, aren't they beautiful? She liked to model us on the Von Trapp family. <laughs> Thank you. 
though, all those pretty blonde hairs with beautiful voices, because we all sang as well, and uh, we all looked blonde. I'm looking right at each one of you. You are the initiate. You're staring into the awakening. I hated her with a passion. I hated her for what she had done to us. And you stole the children? Stole. You stole them for sect members? Doctors to organize the adoption? And groups like the family exist in the United States to this day. Absolutely. A case that unfolded in Australia. Anne Hamilton Burns wanted to start adopting American babies. Came to its dramatic conclusion outside this house in the Catskill Mountains, Hurleyville, New York. I knock with force on that door. It's... Exactly. What do you say? I say, FBI, open the door. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it, the glamour of the roaring 20s wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware. Each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. If you would learn how to tread the path of attainment, you must go to the one who has successfully passed through it. It is possible to make contact with the secret source of life of the Most High. The world first became aware of the Australian cult known as the Family on August 14, 1987, when the Victorian and federal police staged a dramatic pre-dawn raid to remove children living at an isolated compound near Melbourne. The cult was led by Anne Hamilton Byrne, a self-appointed mystic who controlled her followers for decades. Okay, everybody, I'll explain to you what's going to happen. We realize it's very, very stressful for you. You're Anna Ray. Anna Ray. You can trust us. Great big deep breaths. I know you're scared. 
Well, investigations are still underway into a religious sect in Victoria known as the Family. Children Patients. stolen at birth, brainwashed, beaten, even given mind-altering drugs like LSD. By day's end, news was spreading about Anne Hamilton Byrne, a yoga teacher turned cult leader who, investigators say, had been collecting children for years. At one time, there were 28 kids in all, ranging in age from toddlers to teens. Dave Whitaker's parents were senior cult members and knew Anne well. She a very charismatic sort of person. She had a huge presence about her. As many as 500 adults followed Anne willingly, but the children had no choice. Some were the offspring of cult members, but others were taken from unwed mothers who were strong-armed into giving up their babies by cult doctors and nurses. Now those children are speaking out about their ordeal. There was a child that was nearly dying from malnutrition and it was only three foot tall and was 12 years old. Sarah Moore, who lived in the cult from birth until she was 17 years old, says the children were supervised by cult women who homeschooled them. They were known as aunties, and Ben Shenton says some resorted to torture. You're going to be dunked in a bucket filled with water, and you knew you were going to have your head held under that for a period of time to the point where you are asphyxiated, you're, you're close on blacking out. They all had absolute power. They could all hurt you. Even Anne's own granddaughter, Rebecca, grew up in the cult. And I was very, very afraid. I was very afraid most days. Hmm. When the children became teens, they told police that some of them were forced to take LSD in a ceremony that helped reinforce the cult's fundamental belief that Anne was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, raising a master race of children. Anne whispered in my ear, who is Jesus? And then somehow the thought popped into my head, you're Jesus. And she goes, that's right, David. You always knew I was the Lord. But Anne did not embrace the humble life of Christ. She traveled extensively to properties she owned in Kent, England and New York State, sometimes with her children. Investigators believe Anne paid for the houses with the millions of dollars she extracted from her wealthy followers, many of whom were highly educated, highly paid professionals. By the time of the raid in 1987, only seven children, ranging in age from 11 to 18 years old, were living at Anne's special compound. Of the rest, some were living with their cult parents, others were in boarding schools in England. Anne happened to be overseas on the day of the raid, but her husband Bill was there, and so was Leanne. She had run away months earlier, but had gone to police and told them her story. I actually went in when, with the police when the raid happened because um, they thought it was best that one of us was with them so that the children realised that it was OK because it would have been very, very scary for them. And Bill came out of his room and uh, saw me and he said to me, um, how could you portray us like this? Incredibly, not a single adult was arrested. Police allowed Bill and the aunties to remain free as the investigation continued. Meanwhile, the children were taken to a group home 
where they found normal life, even a simple meal, bewildering. I think we had breakfast. We had something to eat. And, you know, they said you can eat as much as you want. And, well, I said my stomach's only a certain size. (laughs) So I'm lying in bed at the end of that night, thinking through what had happened through the day, what I'd said, what I hadn't said, and realising I no longer have to check what I say. Ben, then 15 years old, was one of the rescued children. At the age of 18 months, Ben had been sent by his grateful mother, a devoted cult member, to live at the children's compound. I'm not going to get in trouble if I say something wrong. And I think to me... It's probably when I realized the prison doors had opened for good. Behind closed doors, the adult members of the family were shaken by the police raid. Many left, including Bill Hamilton Byrne, who vanished overseas to join Anne. Some of the devoted continued to assemble weekly at the family's special lodge, where they listened to Anne's audio tape recorded messages. I'm looking right at each one of you. You are the initiate. You're staring into the awakening. It was clear more needed to be done, and the children were about to get the champions they deserved. Investigative journalist Marie Moore tracked down senior members of the cult. Marie Moore's my name, Dr. McKay. I'm wondering if you've got any comment to make. Why won't you have... Is that all you've got to say, Dr. McKay? It was around the same time that police detective Lex DeMann came on the scene to investigate the biggest case of his career. Anne Hamilton Byrne is the most evil person that I've ever come across. And I've come across quite a few evil people in my life. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You couldn't hear those stories without it affecting you, if you had any heart at all. Back in the 1980s, Maury Moore was a tough-as-nails investigative reporter, hot on the trail of cult leader Anne Hamilton Byrne. But once she bonded with cult children Sarah and Leanne, her hard-edged attitude softened. I do remember one of my bosses saying to me at one stage, are you a social worker or a journalist? 
And I said, well, at the moment, it seems I'm a bit of both. Mari was the one, ultimately, the first person that we actually grew all of us to trust. And she was a bit of a bulldog in the fact that she wanted justice for all of us for what had happened. And she's always been there. Eager for answers, Mari tracked down one of the family's psychiatrists, Dr. John McKay. I'm wondering if you've got any comment to make now about what happened to the children. Why won't you have... Is that all you've got to say? She had questions about an autistic baby boy Dr. McKay had adopted and given to Anne to raise. I wanted to ask him if he knew after he handed that child over, what had happened to that child, the brutality it experienced. There's no need for that, Dr. McKay. McKay later admitted to another reporter that he had indeed given his adopted baby to Anne and Bill Hamilton Byrne. I think you know, they've been able to provide a stable environment with a lot of help, a lot of love, a lot of dedication. Something that you weren't able to do? I think that's, you know, that's true, I wasn't able. In 1988 and 1989, prosecutors built a case against eight cult members. Three were aunties who allegedly abused the children physically. But because there were no photographs of bruises, no police or hospital reports, those aunties were not charged with child abuse. Instead, all eight women were charged with applying falsely for government benefits, money they turned over to Anne. One of the aunties charged was Helen Buchanan, who Leanne says, quote, would beat us with anything she could get her hands on. Helen denied abusing anyone. I suppose you'd call it um, a little bit old fashioned nowadays because the values were those of high standards of dress, behavior, speech. Although the discipline was firm, it was very loving. Helen pleaded guilty to social security fraud along with the others. Some received a few months in jail. All were hit with fines and ordered to pay back the $223,000 they had stolen. Sarah Moore, a child of the cult, felt horribly cheated. They didn't go to jail for beating us nearly every single day and starving us, you know, for three days at a time. And, you know, all the other things that happened up there. Enter police detective Lex DeMann. Four months after the raid, Lex was investigating an arson fire, and one of the suspects was teenager Adam Lancaster, who'd been adopted by a cult member when he was two weeks old. Adam was a self-described troublemaker. I was a little bit of a rat bag, and I was, I was just being a kid. I was doing some things that really like, for example, cutting people's car brakes that went for a walk into the forest, started lighting fires. One of Lex's colleagues alerted him to Adam's involvement in the family and told him to steer clear. His first words were, don't get involved. If you get involved, it'll be with you for a lifetime. Lex did not listen. In 1989, Lex teamed up with five other detectives to launch Operation Forest, a special unit assigned to target the family. Its mission, investigate allegations of physical abuse and whether any of the children had been given LSD. Right at the start of this, we didn't know much about the sect, about the cult, apart from what we'd been told by the then children. Anne Hamilton Byrne was Lex's number one target, but he had a big problem. 
We didn't know where Anne was. We were told that Anne was in the UK. We were told that Anne was in the United States. We were told that Anne was here and there, but never in Australia. But wherever she was, Anne was casting her spell over true believers, like Michael Stevenson Helmer, who still thinks of Anne as a kind of sun goddess. She just radiated out. Don't you know that? Haven't you experienced that? A pale blue colour just went straight through me and through every part of my body and ended up in my toes. Yeah. But Lex wasn't feeling the vibe, blue or otherwise. He kept hearing horrific tales of abuse, but with no hospital or police reports backing up the children's claims, it was hard to build a case. Then Lex cut a break. He heard that Anne's lawyer, Peter Kibbe, had left the cult. Peter was the key to the door. Lex knew how to get to Kibbe, who had a condition that made the thought of living behind bars in a dirty jail cell inconceivable. Peter suffered from a disease of compulsive obsessive disorder. It would take him to have a shower sometimes two to three hours and three or four bars of soap. And so he never got to the office. Lex had Kibby arrested on fraud charges. When he made bail, Kibby surprised Lex with a phone call. A week or two later, the phone went in the office. This really animated and, I have to say, delightful voice was on the end of the phone saying, Lex, Peter Kibby. Yes, Peter. I'd like to have a cup of coffee with you. Kibby slowly opened up and eventually admitted he'd helped Anne forge birth certificates for the children she claimed were her triplets. I look at Peter as someone who had the guts to actually stand up and say no. What we did was wrong. Lex finally had the first tangible evidence to arrest Anne and Bill. He could only pursue them on a minor charge, conspiracy and perjury for falsifying birth certificates. But it would be enough to bring them back to Australia if only Lex could find them. Maury Moore, meanwhile, had tracked down Anne and Bill in Hawaii. Hello, Mrs. Hamilton Byrne. Maury Moore from Channel 9. Have you got any comment now about why you kept those children locked away for so long? No comment. Well, when are you going to tell the children the truth about who their parents are? I don't know. You're not going to tell them? Anne soon vanished again, and for three years managed to stay one step ahead of Lex until she made a disastrous mistake. She rang Sarah. And Sarah came to us and said, I think she's in the United States. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? <laughs> Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? 
and the Coast Guard. We think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The scenic and secluded town of Hurleyville, New York, was about to take center stage in an international drama, much to the surprise of Australian detective Lex DeMann. Who would have thought Anne would have been in this house, two hours north of New York City, in a remote part of Upper New York State, 10,000 miles from Victoria? It's like the dark side of the moon, right? To me, it is. <laughs> And seeing it today, I'm amazed that we are actually able to find her. For four and a half years, cult leader Anne Hamilton Byrne and her husband Bill had managed to elude the detective. How did they end up here? They knew that they, there were warrants for their arrest, and they also knew that we thought at the time they were in Kent in the United Kingdom. But Anne, who cult members believed was clairvoyant, didn't see that her future was about to dramatically change. We had luck on our side. Anne had called one of the children back in Australia, Sarah Moore, even though she knew Sarah was cooperating with investigators. We wanted so much for her to love us. I don't think she really ever did. <laughs> Sarah, now knowing Anne was not her real mother, had come to realize her entire life had been a lie. We'd rock ourselves to sleep at night, calling out Mummy, Daddy. As I got older, I realized that it was her creation and that she dictated the laws. And it wasn't to do with religion, it was to do with, you know, just power and money and control. When Sarah told Lex about the call, he traced it, discovering Anne was at her New York property, a moment almost too good to be true. Had she not made that phone call, she may well still be there today. But that still leaves the question of why Anne Hamilton Byrne, with millions at her disposal, ended up in this house in the Catskill Mountains. Well, the answer goes back to the 1970s, when this area was a mecca for hippies in search of enlightenment. In the 70s and a little bit before that, there were quite a few yogis coming over to the West and attaining uh, a lot of money and fame and power. Joan Bridges was a Georgia prom queen turned hippie back in that golden age of gurus. While the Beatles followed their Maharishi, Joan followed another celebrity guru, Swami Muktananda to upstate New York, as did someone else. And Hamilton Byrne showed up, and she had her whole entourage of these small children with dyed blonde hair and identical bows in their hair. It, it was one of the strangest things I'd ever seen. Anne appeared to be one of Muktananda's faithful disciples, but she was actually anything but that. I think Anne's design for being with Muktananda was to figure out how he did what he did 
obviously, she was trying to take people. In some ways, was this like uh, the ultimate field trip, a business trip for her? She came here to study him, learn his techniques? That would be a good way of describing it, and also bringing the children along here to get the confidence of Muktananda uh, with, the, with her as a, as a loving mother. But behind closed doors, Leanne says the abuse never stopped, even when Anne would take some of the children along on her travels. She beat me so badly that I could hardly move. I was black and blue all over. I mean, that was just part of life, but that was probably the most horrific time. In over 21 years, 28 young people went through our hands. Why did you do that? I love children. Now, decades later, Anne was on the run. The children she professed to love left behind half a world away. With his prey unaware that he had tracked her down, Lex's next move was to alert the FBI. When the agent picked the phone up in New York, uh, the first words were, now, I'm, a, I'm from Victoria, an Australian police officer. Don't think I'm mad, but I'm going to tell you this story about Jesus Christ reincarnated in the female form. Most of the investigations I had were weird. Dedicated FBI special agent Hilda Kogut was assigned the case. This is what we do. This is what the FBI does. What did you know about this group? And were, you, were there any concerns about whether they could be a potentially dangerous organization? We were concerned based on allegations that some horrible things had been done to children that they had kidnapped and abused. To lay the groundwork for an arrest, Hilda first needed to verify that Anne and Bill were at their Hurleyville home. The house was isolated on a very quiet country road. There would be really no good place to sit and watch that house for 24 hours. What do you do? My method was, I think, the fail-safe method. You go to the post office because everybody knows that the mailman knows all. And I, I guess I can say this, my father was a postal worker, so I know he did. Hilda did her reconnaissance while riding around with the mail carrier, confirming Anne and Bill were at the house. Then I took a good look at the front entrance and the back entrance, taking every bit of it in. What are your concerns? What are you worried about? Well, you want to make sure that you have enough people to surround the house. I mean, there's two people you're taking into custody, but you don't know who else is in that house. We're looking at a cult. You never know. It was June 4th, 1993. Hilda Kogut and her team of agents swung into action, arriving at the Hurleyville house at dawn. I knocked with force on that door. It's... Exactly. What do you say? I say, FBI, open the door. Go inside the investigation with former detective Lex DeMann on Facebook at 48 Hours. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. 
for the place you've put down roots. Trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This then is the moment of rebirth upon a new planet. We've received the call. This so-called Jesus Christ was nothing more than a heinous criminal. I don't think Anne Hamilton Byrne was evil. I know that Anne Hamilton Byrne was evil. Lex Demand's dogged pursuit of Anne Hamilton Byrne and her husband had led to this moment in upstate New York. I say, FBI, open the door. We have arrest warrants for Anne Hamilton Byrne and William Hamilton Byrne. Open the door. Special Agent Hilda Koga didn't know what she would find behind that door. I see a look of shock. Instead of a commanding cult leader, she saw a sad-looking 71-year-old woman. A very frail-looking old woman. Did she look like Jesus Christ to you? No. She looked like a woman that had had a lot of uh, reconstructive surgery, including a hairline that pretty much started in the middle of her head. That's how many facelifts she'd had. While the cult leaders gave up peacefully, and did complain on the ride to jail. She asked how long it would be. She hadn't eaten breakfast. Anne Hamilton Byrne was hungry, you're telling me, right? Could be. We didn't stop. No doubt the irony was lost on Anne. Remember, she routinely withheld food from the cult's children. We were always starving. One of the punishments for us was for, um, to take away our meals. So the longest I ever went without food was for a week. The FBI found no children in the Hurleyville house, and Anne had not adopted any in the U.S. 10,000 miles away in Australia, Sarah Moore waited with mixed emotions at police headquarters for word of an arrest. It was so hard to betray her at the end to, to talk to the police. But... I knew that the kids were suffering so much. Finally, a six-year international manhunt was over. Hilda called Lex. And the words she said to me on the phone was, we've got the son of a bitch. And I just lost it. And I screamed out and I picked up the nearest chair and I threw it. And I could hear this scream from him and everybody else in the room. It was like a football game. Everybody was screaming. What a moment, huh? Exactly. It was great. Anne and Bill remained behind bars in New York for two months. I was desperate to meet Anne Hamilton Byrne from day one. It was now August 1993, and Lex would get his wish. Anne and Bill were to be extradited to Australia. Lex flew to New York's JFK airport to escort them back home. And I'll never forget the first words she ever said to me. She said, 
So you're Mr. Demand. You're a lot younger than I thought. And I thought to myself, and you are the bitch that have destroyed people's lives. If his eyes would have allowed him to drill a hole into her, it would have happened. He was that focused. Her capture had been his obsession. Now, Anne Hamilton Byrne was his, the woman who had stolen and abused so many children and who had called herself the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Just before nine o'clock this morning, Victorian police had Anne and William Hamilton Byrne back on Australian soil. Detectives took People said, you'll never find her. And if you find her, you'll never get her back to this country. At that point, that was a sense of achievement. We've got her. Lex hoped that in capturing Anne, he'd convince cult members to see her as he did. She was basically a very cunning crook. Still, not all of them could. I was devastated when she was put into jail. Yes, I know that they've all done wrong. Uh, but what can you do? They're your family. After so many lives left in ruins, what would justice look like for the victims of the cult? The case was about to take another dramatic turn. To hear some of the ex-cult children on their conflicted emotions about Anne and Bill, join us online at 48hours.com. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Hamilton Burns, living in New York, were extradited to Australia. When Anne Hamilton Byrne finally set foot on Australian soil, for the first time in six years, back in August 1993, she did not look like the glamorous cult leader her followers had come to expect. And being shown on national television without her wig, that really was a blow to her narcissism. A year later, with her wig back in place, Anne and her husband were hauled before a judge. Anne and Bill Hamilton Byrne appeared confident when they arrived at court. It was a moment ex-cult child Sarah Moore just had to see firsthand. I still wanted there to be justice and for there to be some sort of acknowledgement that something bad had happened to us children. The children of the family, some of whom had been brainwashed, physically and emotionally abused, even given mind-altering drugs, 
thought that Anne and Bill would face charges that could put them in prison for decades. Anne and William Hamilton Byrne registered the children in 1984 as their own triplets. But a child's story is not proof of a crime. There was no physical evidence proving the children had been abused. No photographs, no police or hospital reports. So prosecutors ended up charging the world's most notorious cult couple with a single paltry charge, conspiracy to make a false statement. They still each faced five years in prison and $60,000 in fines, but the judge had other ideas. In sentencing, Judge David Jones said he took into consideration the couple are in their 70s, have no previous convictions and are not in good health. They said, oh, she's quite an elderly woman. That's just so much nonsense. There was nothing wrong with her. She was as healthy as an ox. Shockingly, neither Anne nor Bill would spend a single day in an Australian prison. Instead, the couple who would ruin countless lives would each pay a fine of only $5,000. To me, that wasn't justice. I'm bitterly disappointed it ended like that. She didn't get anything, nothing. And it seems like in Australia, society doesn't care about children that are abused. I think it's absolutely disgusting what the government did. But Detective Lex DeMann and prosecutors decided not to pursue any other charges in order, he says, to spare the children. We felt that to have put these children in the witness box to be torn apart by defence counsel would most likely have done more psychological damage in the long term to these people than securing a conviction on those other charges. I don't think it was fair for anyone to make that call. I personally believe some of the children could have done that. They're very bright, they're strong, they've survived a lot more than a courtroom. So they could survive their childhood, but they couldn't survive being cross-examined. I think it underestimated them, and I think it let them down. The fact that she was only fined, not imprisoned, is an affirmation to the believers that she is divine, that she is all-powerful. FBI agent Hilda Kogut. She beat the Australian legal system. What more could you ask if you were a believer in someone like that and what someone like that espoused? Sure enough, a couple of dozen true believers stayed loyal to Anne following her court appearance and are followers even now. Cultists like Michael Stevenson Helmer. There was an awful lot of goodness that went on there too. That's never mentioned by those dear children who are victims and will remain victims until the day they die. They never mention the good times, do they? <laughs> and disappeared from the public's eye until 2009, 15 years after her day in court. She finally surfaced on 60 Minutes Australia to face some tough questioning. Anne was a feisty 87-year-old. Were the children ever hit? Of course they weren't. Because? They were not beaten. Never? Never. You'll have to be pretty good to see through that It's absolute It's lies. The children Anne collected have tried to outrun their past. How are you? After years of searching, Adam Lancaster reunited with his biological family. You want to see some photos? Yeah. But his mother had died. 
your mother. There's a, a huge sadness that I actually never got to at least give her a cuddle or say, hey, I'm your son. Yeah. Here's my mum. Well, Ben, although it was all those years ago, it's no different. Yeah. I can't believe it coming back here. Ben Shenton did reunite with his mother, who at one time had rejected him. You were just the perfect baby. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I have a relationship with my mother that is to the level of where she will allow it to go, and it's very painful for her. That was not there. Upon being rescued from the cult... My bed was just right here. Anna Ray Trina Byrne learned that her mother had committed suicide, but she was able to reconnect with her father. The last 10 years before Dad passed away were our best. That was when we really consolidated a wonderful, understanding, caring, intellectual relationship. Yeah. But Anna Ray did carry her scars into motherhood. I was unable to hold my first baby by myself at first for quite a little bit of time. It was very difficult trying to work out how to be a parent. Rebecca is Anne Hamilton Burns' granddaughter. I'm deeply ashamed of my grandmother. The havoc and the cruelty, she's hurt so many people. How could I feel any other way? The mind boggles the damage done. I don't respect her. I don't love her. Rebecca's mother had placed her in Anne's care. Rebecca says her complicated history has made it difficult to be a parent. I do remember one time going, well, I can't hit you across the room. I can't deny you food for days. How do I get you what, what to do what I want? How, what do people do? Then I did stop that chain of abuse. Leanne Kreese, who ran away from the cult twice as a teenager and once slapped Anne, has nonetheless always been fond of Bill Hamilton Byrne. He was my father. I was always daddy's girl. Always. Sorry. She even asked Bill to walk her down the aisle at her wedding. And she is now the proud mother of two grown children. Although her past lurks in the shadows. We're still all trying to survive. We're still all trying to live in a world that we never grew up in. And then there is Sarah Moore, once Anne's favorite adopted child. She became a doctor. One of the ways I tried to obviate the effects of my childhood was to dedicate my life to helping others. And I spent a lot of time overseas, going to remote places and war zones and, you know, volunteering and doing all sorts of things. Shockingly, Dr. Sarah Moore passed away from heart failure. She was only 46 years old. And Detective Lex DeMann, he still often breaks down when he thinks of the children. It's been a journey and a half, I have to say, and it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. Oh, I need a break. I need a break. <laughs> Bill Hamilton Byrne died in 2001. 
But incredibly, Anne is still alive and still a millionaire with an estate estimated to be worth at least $10 million. She's living in a nursing home in Melbourne, suffering from dementia. In some ways, did Anne Hamilton Byrne win? Yes, she did. Her evilness won. She should have been imprisoned, and so should he have been. For the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives and lives after that. Some might find this a bit harsh of me to say, but to me it'll be a great day. They bury the bitch six foot under. True believer Michael Stevenson Helmer visits Anne every day. There is no dedicated successor to take over the family from Anne. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus.